0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle. I'm your guest, Eric McNeil, and today we have a very special guest, good friend, Colt's running back, businessman, Mr. Zemo, Zach Moss. Welcome, brother. How you doing?
1: What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on.
0: Of course, bro. Thanks for being here. Um, Hey, so we actually know that this is not your first time. You are actually a podcaster yourself. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I do my own. Uh, podcast for like the last we started like two years ago Mm -hmm. um Mossmo show one um and we just talk about pretty much sports life anything that you know current topics hot topics is going on in the world
0: that's awesome man that's super exciting stuff is that something that you do during the season or is it most like an off-season endeavor we started it in
1: in season um kind of started transitioning to to the off season, just more so because I felt there was more, it could be also more topics to cover, um, mm. you know, going on in the off season a little bit. So, and it was a little bit easier to focus on it and actually stay committed to doing it and getting certain things out of it um, that we wanted to. Um, but you know, probably be starting to back up again in um, season this time, maybe we'll see uh, how things uh, work out. but. That's, that's how we started it was in season, though, um, majority, mainly.
0: Yeah. Well, I got to think, too, because, like, during the season, it's super demanding, like, your schedule and stuff, right? So is that difficult syncing up with other dudes? Like, are you interviewing other athletes, or is it just, like, friends, you know, or, you know, acquaintances? Like, who who usually get on there? Is that pretty tough to, like, get that scheduled during the week?
1: It can be just because, obviously, you know, it's guys don't like to be – interview really uh especially in their free time you know you know once you get your free time you kind of don't want to be bothered um so it can be hard to schedule the thankfully like the guys that we've worked with in the past um everybody that we've had on um we were able to work around schedules you know mine theirs um and whatever it may have been um and just get things Done, and you know, we were able to. I mean, I probably put out somewhere close to 15, 20 episodes. Nice, uh, mainly with interviewing other people, mm-hmm. uh, which was really, really cool, really fun. Just getting to learn their journey, um, you know, and allow them to, you know, share their stories. Cause I always think it's different when athletes are interviewed by other athletes, and that's kind of the world you're seeing now where. Mm -hmm. Anytime you click on YouTube or whatever it may be, um, you can see so many athletes interviewing either current athletes, uh, you know, ex-athletes, and you get so much more than you ever knew about that athlete versus if they were actually to sit down with a person who's actually in the media world. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's just that comfortability where you get to share more and you feel more. Um, comfortable of being able to share who you are and tell people and, um, and things like that so that's kind of what we wanted to create um, is to allow people to share their platform um, and obviously I have a passion for uh, TV broadcasting and things of that nature so it was also it's also been a good opportunity for me to learn how to you know be behind the camera kind of control my own show um, and things of that nature.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. And that, that's funny. You bring that up, right. Kind of like running your own deal. Um, I think you told me that you have a cool venture that you're working on as well, like in video production. Is that right? Like putting together like a production company.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's something that, you know, we just just kind of come up in the last uh, few days or so. Um, working on a uh, video production company where, you know, we bring, Uh, the ability to, you know, produce videos or, you know, even photos or whatever you may need um, for people from different brands. Um, So that's something that we're working on right now. Um, It's not, you know, 100% submitted yet, and we're still working out kinks and things of that nature, but it's something that we're definitely going to be trying to hit the road running with, um, you know, being able to build different, meet different people, build different connections, um, you know, from on the field and off the field, um, and being in two different places that also, I think that'd be a pretty good thing for us just because, you know, it's a lot of times where brands come to me, um, or I come to them and I, you know, want to be able to also offer more than, you know, the regular athlete could possibly be able to offer them. right? Right. So, plus for myself. It's a plus for them as well. Um, and it's some way that we can just continue to, you know, like I said, the TV broadcasting world, right? Um, it's another thing that I can add to my resume, um, which I think is really, really dope. Um, and we can just do so many things. I mean, the world of media right now, is, is oh, it's crazy. Dude,
0: it's so um, big. Dude, there's, yeah. there's, there's people that are spending like 50 to 70 grand a month on content creation. Yeah. right like like those bigger guys like that's like they're pumping so much content and like even even stuff like this like after you and i chat like we turn this over to a production team they chop it up into reels and then we throw it up like youtube shorts tiktok yeah. ig like and it goes everywhere right and so yeah that's that's a big one man so one thing you said too about like those connections right because i tell a lot of my young athletes that are coming in to the draft and like and kind of going through the process and i talked to them I'm like look Yes, you're going to the league to like go fulfill like your dream, play at a professional level and live that out. But more than anything, you're, you have made your way into a new network, right? Like when you're, your parents send you to an Ivy league school, it's not always just to get the best education. It's like, you're buying yourself into a network, right? And like, you'll be able to tap into that network forever. And so for you, right? Like you can now approach other athletes as not just another athlete. Now you're the businessman, you're a production manager, like you have these different things that say, yo, let's chop it up over here offline and show you what kind of value I can bring." And you just have no no idea like where those avenues can go, like what doors that actually opens, right
1: exactly, so exactly it's you know you know, as I've been in the league now a few years, um, you know you kind of just like you said, you learn from people you are around um day in and day out. And you kind of just, you know, try to see and learn as much as you can, um, especially while you're in it. it is the biggest thing. I think is, you know, when you're in it is when the time where you really need to be trying to know and understand how many different ways you can expand your brand. Um, So, you know, that's kind of what where I'm at right now is trying to be able to expand my brand, um, take advantage of the brand, um, because I'm also under the. The realization that, you know, once you're not in the league, you know, you kinda are in a different lane when you are out of it, right? Versus when you're in it. Um, so, you know, I think when people understand that part of it, um, because, you know, the fame or, you know, all these different things that come with what you're with the occupation that we do, you're not gonna always be, you know, the topic of conversation, right? So You have to definitely strike while the iron's hot definitely have to do as much as you can take advantage of your name um and things of that nature and and build your brand as big as you possibly can that way you know because you never know who you meet um you never know you can possibly make more money off the field right than you can on the field um Mm -hmm. and even outside of the money just meeting different people that you have never came across Being genuine people and just building relationships that are, you know, more impactful than money because money comes and goes. Right. Um, Finding good people is very, very hard. Um, So, you know, that's I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, once you understand that and, you know, you kind of put your brand in that motion um, and you want to follow those guidelines of, you know, finding the right people um, and things of that nature. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to fail
0: yeah no i love that man um one thing that you just talked about about making money off off the field or off the court or whatever we both briefly we've shared uh our love for uh kobe right and uh one thing about kobe that is super admirable was he did that the guy made a lot of money on the court a lot but just his body armor deal alone made him more money off the court than he ever made as a Laker, right? Yeah. So you talked about the importance of building that brand and what that can take you to. Right. And so help me understand, like what are things that you're doing to improve your personal brand so that you can get in these positions to make more money off the field?
1: Uh, I mean, really just trying to build relationships with different people, right. Um, from doing different hopping on different platforms, right. From people who may or may not have heard of my name, um, you know expanding my brand from you know the podcast world that i do to now I'm going to be the video production company that i'm starting and things of that nature so it's just trying to you know for lack of better words cross contaminate you know mm-hmm. from my world to different worlds um, with different people that may or may not know anything about sports right but try to find different lanes that and you know the biggest thing is a passion right It's easy to just, you know, run behind someone who may have a lot of money or may know how to make a lot of money. Right. But it also has to be a passion for you to learn um, how this person is doing X, Y and Z or a passion to get behind this person or what they're doing. Um, You know, that's the biggest thing to me is making sure that, you know, I'm putting my morals, my passions in the right uh with the right people with the right thoughts and the right things that uh you know i want to also reflect on me
0: i love that man awesome thanks for sharing that um you got a pretty dope mural behind you and one thing that pops out is utah right the the rushing yards the touchdowns amazing career man i uh i remember looking back one of the stats i think you had one of the top like in your year the top like PFF ratings, right. Of all running backs. I was, I was awesome. Yeah. Um, about Utah. Right. So when you're a top recruit, right. You're coming out of high school and you're weighing your options. Why, why Utah? I mean, at the time, I don't think they had NIL, uh, mm-hmm. right. As a look right before your time. So it's like, what options did you weigh? Cause help us understand. Right. I think you're, you said you're from Miami, right. You have some ties to the beach. You switched it out for all this snow. I don't know why, yeah right? But you're here. And so what made you choose Utah? And like, what goes into that decision-making process? Because that ultimately is going to like yeah, either derail your career or put you on a launch pad.
1: Yeah. Um, like you said, just touching on that last part, it is the biggest decision that you can make in your life as an athlete is where you're going to spend those next three to four years of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't always, guys don't always get it correct. And you don't have to get it correct because sometimes it works out, right? But it's super, super important. You know, it's different it's very hard when you're trying to tell a you know, 17, 18 year old kid how important this move will be in their life, right? Cause sometimes you just wanna go play ball. Right. Right. You just wanna go to the biggest school. Um, you wanna follow your friends or you know, things of that nature. Um, and now with the social media world, you want to go to the school with the best uniforms, right? So all of these things play into it um, when you're 17, 18 years old. Uh, but for me, you know, you know, I always think that I had a a pretty good understanding of how important these those four years of my life would be to get where I wanted to get to, right? Um, you know, I didn't, I never knew or felt or thought that the NFL would be a something that can really, really happen for me. Um, you know, I, feel, I always felt like I was a late boomer in the sport. I didn't start playing the running back position full time until my senior year in high school. Um, and that's like when I actually started taking that position seriously and started learning that position and what went into it. So I'm already behind you know, so many dudes and trying to learn this position when I'm going against guys, you know, especially being from Miami, it's like, it's like the Mecca of football, right? You get started when they're
0: like, you like, you crawl, you walk, you play football.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, I remember, you know, when I first started playing about 10 years old, you know, I didn't have a passion or love for it. It was just something I did because I saw other kids doing it, you know? And I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Um, and I remember these kids would go, you know, come from school, go to our practice and then go to a training session with trainers. Right. 10, 11 years old. And, you know, they were doing things that I'm doing that I've been doing, you know, over the last few years of my life is, you know, training in the off season. They were doing this at this age. And, you know, for me, I would just go home, go to the park, uh, <laughs> then go to practice. Right. So just using all my energy, uh, as a kid and stuff like that. So I never knew how serious it was up until like my 10th, 11th grade year where I was like, man, I think I can, you know, possibly go to college, right? Not even thinking about NFL a hundred percent on understanding, you know, when you throw out all the numbers on the league and how hard it is to get there then how hard it is to stick, you know, it was nothing I really tried to hang my hat on, right? I was was like, mm, I guess I'll be a police officer, right? Cause it's, you know, it's, it's easy. And I didn't know many different, you know, opportunities that I could have, you know, coming from where I come from and where I grew up at. Um, so, you know, those four years are so important. And, you know, I was, it was, I was committed to Miami at first, University of Miami at first um, about my, probably going into my 11th grade year, that summer I was I committed to Miami and I, I liked the school, you know, so much history there. Cousins played there, um, and all type of things and you know, who wouldn't want to play in your hometown, yeah. right. right? And you know, it, it always felt good and always sounded good and you know, I just remember people around me, family members, friends, uh, all that coaches whatever were super excited. That I had committed there, um, because at the time the school I went to, I was I probably had the biggest offer the school had ever had um, in the in the time span um, that I was there. So committed to Miami, um, you know, ended up getting a few more offers. Long story short, you know, I kind of decommitted from Miami. You know, coaches got fired. Um, you don't have the same relationships with a lot of those people that they were bringing in. So. You know, I wasn't dumb enough to be like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. I'm going to stay here. That's where I want to be at, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, because I understood then, and I've only learned even more now, that, you know, when coaches come in to these new places, they want to bring their, guys, their right? guys, right, guys that they recruited, the guys that they know, and all of these different things. So, you know, that played a role to me, decommitting from there, Um even just not wanting to stay home right like I didn't want to be home um, I wanted to be able to grow up mature by myself to some degree right not be able to you know if something happened I can lean on this person or that person or you know you know and it's very easy to get distracted in Miami it's very easy for that to happen um so you know that that happened and then you know the two schools that it came down to was either Utah, or Tennessee Um, Tyler Huntley, Demar Simpkins. They were the first two to commit to Utah. First they got the offers um, and they early enrolled. They enrolled early up here. And I remember them, you know, I was kind of enjoying the process of not being committed anywhere and just kind of like, yeah, getting all the cool little letters and things of that nature. Um, But they were they, they enrolled early, they kept telling me about it, um, told me how I like it, um, all these different things. And at the time I didn't know where Utah was, right? I didn't, I couldn't tell you on the map, you know, being from Miami, being from South Florida, never been out of the state, uh, I couldn't tell you. And, you know, so they went out there and they told me about it and I was like, okay, all right, cool, you know, and I was still in high school you know, this is like January, they go um, for spring ball and all that type of stuff. And I'm still in high school um, until I can leave. And, you know, they would call me, send me pictures, uh, tell me how practice is going. And, you know, the biggest thing for me was I wanted to play right away. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to play. I didn't want to red shirt, didn't want to sit out a year and do that whole thing. Because um, ever since I stepped on the field, I always played. So I didn't know sitting out, but still having to do workouts and go to practice and not (laughs) I was like, that's not cut out for me. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Tennessee was everything you can imagine, man. It's it's SEC ball. You know, you get to play against Alabama's, uh, Tuckies, Georgia, all these different type of SEC schools. Um, You know, it's one hundred thousand fans can be in the stadium uh you know, a real close friend of mine was actually going to the school at the time to play ball, football as well. Um, so I have familiarity in both sides. And, you know, what it all came down to was, you know, when I came out here on my visit, I built a pretty good relationship with some of, uh, with some of the staff here at Utah. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing was I want to play right away which I was going to get the opportunity to do just because they only had a senior back who had never, he wasn't, he wasn't a starter the previous year. So he was going to be, it was going to be his first time starting. So I was like, okay, well I can at least come in and, you know, push for carries at least right at Tennessee. They had Alvin Kamara, right. Coming off of a thousand yard season um, as a sophomore coming into his junior year. um, They had a guy named Jalen Hurd who at the time was a pretty good back. Um, and there was, it was those two guys um, sharing that backfield. And I was like, well, I like Tennessee. I like this. I like that. I like this. I like that. But if I go here, I'm definitely, you know, most likely either going to redshirt or be pushing for the third spot. And the third spot technically was even still occupied <laughs> by a dude named J.K. Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like, I was like, man, it's a, three dudes already so really i'm fighting for the number four spot mm-hmm. and then i'm fighting against all these other freshmen as well um so and it wasn't a thing of running you know you always hear guys nowadays say running from competition and things of that nature um and i think that's true to some degree when it comes to the transfer portal now yes. um, but at the time it was for me i was just making the best decision i possibly. Oh, it's had. a business decision yeah it was the best decision i could possibly make i was like do i want to sit here and i know i'm not going to get over the first two guys like these are thousand yard guys yeah you know three the first uh camara heard kelly i believe all played in the league obviously everyone knows Al camara um so i was like hmm and utah was going to give me the opportunity to come in right away play ball um and that was the most number number one important thing i was like i have to go somewhere where i'm not going to be sitting down and you know that first year was was so many ups and downs and i was able you know i had those those freshman pains i had those ups and downs i had so many lessons that i learned in my first year of you know of being in a program right mm-hmm. coach whip runs a program as <laughs> a very tight knit program it's not too many he doesn't really care who you are where you come from right once you get into his program and you you wear that you on the side of your helmet you know you are in this program with everyone else and you know it's a brotherhood it's a family um and we do things one way for the best for everyone and at first i didn't understand that (laughs) You're right, because in Miami, if you're good, you get away you with it. a lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? So like, I'm like, okay. And that was probably my roughest year. You know, I, I had so many, in, like, little knick-knack injuries that just, you know, I kept feeling like we just like, all right, well, this is a lesson I'm learning, having to sit out, miss games, um, bad attitude, just the whole nine of just going through that whole freshman year. Which I believe to this day ultimately set me up to have the next three years of my college uh, career that I was able to have. That I don't think I would able been I would have been able to learn or have that to that degree um, that I had if I wasn't able to understand those lessons, understand those hardships that I went through um, in my freshman year, and you know, and just from how you treat people. Uh, from from every different level um, is something that I take a lot of pride in now, just from, you know, from the janitor to, you know, the, the cafeteria staff to, you know, your coaches, the trainers, the equipment people, like every single one, you know, all that type of stuff prepared me for the next three years of my life. Plus, you know, now in the league, because it's so important, you know, how you treat people. And a lot of times, you know, guys get passed upon just for bad character. Right. Yeah. You can be a great like, you know, be a great ball player, but bad character, they don't want that. You know, yeah. it, it it carves like it out and it messes it up group. your team. exactly. So yeah, dude,
0: that that no, that's that's big, man. I think um what, what is it? Remember the Titans attitude reflect leadership captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like everything, bro. Like the way you treat people says everything about you. Right. And it's like, I think they've even, um, they've like pulled video of guys at like the combine and like other things where it's like, they go out of their way to pick up trash. They stay late to like help organize things. Like that stuff means more than like a four, four these days. You know what I mean? Like, they care about that character so much more because that could just derail a championship team. If you have the wrong chemistry in the group, and like-
1: Exactly, so to speak. It can be so bad. And I mean, look at Antonio Brown to some degree, right? Like, we're talking about-
0: Such a shame.
1: Arguably top five, greatest, top three, if you really want to look at numbers. Yeah. Uh, Receivers ever, right? I don't think, there's many dudes in this league to this day who are capable or will be able to ever duplicate Mm -hmm. that production that he had. Um, But their character seeps in and no one cares if you have, you know, this many yards or this many catches or this many touchdowns. Like all of these things go out of the window to where you, you know, self-sabotage career, you self-sabotage, you know, personal, endeavors and relationships offside of the field and it's super hard to work with you um and you know people with high character high morals don't want to be around that type of energy um and they don't want that to also reflect on them so that's like the biggest thing ever now They, they don't overlook that anymore as much as they used to
0: yeah, not at all, right? And it's, uh, well, even uh, a humbling experience. I got a lot of love. Like OBJ, bro, right? Same thing. Like, he came in a league, superstar, mega superstar. Had a little bit of, like, the, like, sideline stuff. Like, let emotions get the best of him. And and it was just sad because, like, that, like, that hurt his opportunity, like, signing elsewhere, right? Because, like, people are, like, they're drooling over the opportunity of what they can get on the field. But it's, like... Are we going to have some of like the quote-unquote like diva antics on the sidelines or like in the locker room? Like, is this going to be a distraction? Because you got fifty-three men on the roster, and it's eleven and eleven, and then your special teams. But it's like if the game's about one person, you know what I mean? It can like it distracts the team. It like distracts the vision, and ultimately, all you guys want to do is win a championship, right? And so, like, exactly. to have that one person exactly. on the sideline it, it could really hurt.
1: And I think, you know, just to comment on that you know, a lot of, I think it's a, it's different for so many people, right? Like, when you see an Odell, right, and you see, you know, a Tom Brady, I think it's different because of positions, almost, mm-hmm. right? Some people take out the position and it, like, because Odell shows, and there's so many players, right? Stephon Diggs shows so much emotion as well on the sideline. Yeah. And he gets the the, the tag of, diva and this, that, and the other. But it, when a quarterback, right, and it doesn't matter of race to some degree, right, but when you have a quarterback and they show that same emotion, it's it comes off as okay, this is leadership. Yeah. Okay, this is this. But then you also have quarterbacks you know, who show the emotion and then they're tagged as a diva or it's all about them such as a Cam Newton, right? And, you know, then you have receivers that do it. You have some that get – and most of them do because most of the time they are divas. <laughs> most of the time they are, and they're probably the most, you know, diva s position that you can play. Um, and usually, like, pretty boys and things like that. So
0: They, they don't like to rub between the tackles like Zemo, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, nah, that's, that's a different – I mean, you've never really seen – a super flint like diva is running back is you gotta be uh, yeah you, your switch has to be a little bit different um like, stuff yeah, like
0: that level yeah
1: exactly but it's it's so it's so crazy um you know what how big character is and it's very it's the most important thing when you know just take it out of sports when you want to do business with anyone mm-hmm. right you want to know what type of person this is right you want to know if this is A family person or is this like a guy who just does x y and z right because these are relationships that you you build everything isn't just about you know game you know what i mean it's also about the energy you're putting out in the world the people you're meeting the people you're touching um you know kids and x y and z all these type of different things um that you have to think about and you know that's why you see so many businesses when someone they're working with is not aligned with what they believe and how they go about things, they usually cut it off, oh, right? Before it gets too bad.
0: It's hard to stay in that for a while.
1: Exactly. It's it's not a good look um, for you overall, but you know, characters is uh, is a very very important thing, and it's a good thing that so many coaches um, are coach are preaching that, teaching that um and i think it's going to be good for sports overall um on how the athletes carry themselves and you know still are able to be themselves at the same time
0: yeah and actually what that you say that there's a, a few things i wanted to touch on especially regarding like right before getting into that we talked you mentioned kind of like ab we talked about obj a little bit about digs right and like and even like tom brady and like and like even Peyton manning that video of him blowing up on jeff saturday like that was yeah.
1: okay.
0: <laughs> but it's like you nail it. It's the character. So, for example, when I see – and, again, when, whatever we talk about here, it's just kind of like a little bit of banter. It's no disrespect to anybody, right? Because they can't yeah. defend themselves. It's just, like, lessons that we can glean from. When you see, like, AB and, like, he kind of has some of the off-field stuff, like, it's concerning because what behind it – like, where has he shown, like, the leadership openly, right? But you look at someone like Steph Diggs who, like, bro, when I saw him blow up in the playoffs, like, I felt that. yeah. Right. Like that was I didn't see I didn't in a for a minute think that that was like being a baby or, or diva or anything. I thought that was like, bro, Pat. Pat. he's a dog like you look at like that, bro. When when the Chiefs beat them and like I see y'all when, when the Chiefs won and like just that epic pick of him just sitting and just waiting and just like, yo, like I'm going to soak this up like I'm going to be here next year. And then you start to realize, and that's what his interview was, was like, bro, how many times do we have to get here and not win? We're yeah. the best team in season. We dominate postseason. And then, like, how do we keep losing right here, right? And so for that, like, I've seen Steph be a good leader outside of that. So for me, like, that's just a, a thing of passion. And, again, with Odell Beckham, like, early on, you could tell that it was a little bit about, like, some of the propaganda, like, kind of being flashy But I think some of these injuries have humbled him a lot. And you could see when he went on that run with the Rams, super humbled himself and became like a real leader, in my opinion, on that team. And we talked about this the other day. In the Super Bowl, that's like the most under-talked about part is who truly led the team to start the Super Bowl. I think it was O'Neill Beckham.
1: Mm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even if you look back before that, you know, Cooper Cup – was already doing crazy, crazy numbers um, before Odell joined them. Um, was up to speed in the offense, all type of different things. But once you put a guy of his caliber, when he's healthy, he's still really, really good, right? He may not be a top five guy like he used to be, um, and all those different things. But when you put a different, when you put a guy like that whose play style is so much different and can do the interchangeable parts, right? Can play the X, the Y, the Z, just like a a Cooper Cup, right? And you put them in different spots and you you get to mess with the defense. That helped free up Cooper Cup even more than people who understand the game or watch film uh, religiously understand when you have two type of guys like that. And it's a reason why you see A lot of guys who dominated the game usually have a really good tight end or a really good slot next to them, right? Because it allows them to be able to dominate and it allows the offensive coordinator to see the game in a different way and can pick on it so many different ways. Because just in the Super Bowl alone, to prove that point, if you, when Odell got hurt, Right. Say say he didn't get hurt. I say the Rams blow up the Bengals oh, at wow. least by by seventeen well, points. Yeah. Right. Just the way it was the trajectory it was going. Um, he gets hurt and the game gets so much tighter, right? Obviously, you know, a guy gets hurt, you know, then they find out what it is on the sidelines. You know, a lot of you know, all those guys take a hit, you know, and that kind of sets you back a little bit from that, you know, that competitive spirit you had uh when he was healthy but they were able to then double team cooper cup right these things were it was super hard to move the ball they wasn't a great running team and they had they just were able to you know capitalize on plays that they had to have um and also you know that pass interference down the red zone did help them (laughs) get cooper cup the one-on-one uh so it did help as well but you know I think Odell's still a top receiver who can add value to um, so many teams, um, right? Obviously, it's the financial part uh, that they're probably trying to figure out and things of that nature, but, you because, know, Yeah,
0: you'd be foolish to not want that guy in your roster right now.
1: Exactly, and like you said, you know, you can see with his L.A. run, the growth, the maturity, probably even more understanding of the game, um as a whole and you know the hunger to win right at first maybe it was all about just you know living the life and having fun and you know being young and having the success that you're having in a very 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 difficult sport to have success in right Mm -hmm. like the guys who are able to have success in this league you know it's very very hard it's very hard on your body it's very hard on your mind your soul just every single thing because it's you understand that it's a cutthroat business um so to have the type of success he was having it's hard for him to not want to enjoy you know the fruits of his labor um and things of that nature but like you said they're like you can see definitely the the growth and maturity. Um, and to, to me, the understanding of the game um, and, you know, you definitely need a player with that type of skill, that type of talent on your roster, wherever he may go um, in this offseason coming yeah, up.
0: I mean, you need it, man. And and I think what happened is uh, like adversity. like Adversity has a way of like checking us. Right. And so one thing that you said is it's it's a business. You said it's a cutthroat business. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. We can't affect um, or avoid injuries, right? Like they're going to happen. You can't yeah. avoid trades, releases, signings. Like there's only so much control you have. And that actually takes me to another point that I want to cover with you. You have been with the Bills for your entire career, right? And then you're getting ready to go into your the end of your rookie contract and, you're, uh, and you get dealt to the, the Colts mid-season. Walk us through – the mindset of all of that like in my opinion at that point in time like you know it's been you and Singletary for a minute um they just picked up Cook he's shown some flashes right and now um you know Colts obviously have an injury with JT and then they 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 get a trade right and so what did that because it's not just you go into a new system and start playing like there's a whole new like dude they're going through getting coach Saturday and all like there was so much to figure out bro. <laughs> like, yeah. so help us like, what was that transition? Like one for you as a professional. And then I would love to kind of understand as well. Like what kind of toll does that take? like on a family. I know you're a family man, you're married. Right. And so like, what impact did this trade have, especially like mid end of season to where you don't have a camp, you don't get a built uh, camaraderie and, and all that stuff. So walk us through that.
1: Yeah. Um, It's definitely a whirlwind, (laughs) uh, is, you know, going back, looking back at it, you know, do pretty much three years in Buffalo, um, you know, have a lot of ups and downs there with an injury, um, and the team's having a lot of success, uh, at the same time, right. And, you know, once again. Once you look at things through a lens of a business and not of a not personal, um, you understand things a lot more clearer. Um, but you know, first, you know, time in Buffalo was really, really good. You know, obviously, super grateful for the opportunity to start my career somewhere with a with a with a, with a pretty good fan base, um, pretty good people, pretty good staff, just the whole nine, right? Um, you know obviously it could have been different you go somewhere where things are just real bad and you are just having a bad experience uh but you know you know fast forward to the trade you know it's the it's the deadline and you know things hadn't been playing out the way we wanted it to um you know my third year was the first time i was actually really healthy um from when i stepped in the league honestly you know First year, I was dealing with a shoulder injury that I had had in college. Um, and then the first two weeks I'm in during the season of my rookie season, I get a turf toe injury, right? Which is the worst, the most annoying injury to possibly get. It's such you, can't, you can't like, fix it. You just wait, right? You, yeah, you can't do nothing. It's like you have to wait. And the That's weird so- thing is... <laughs> <laughs> the bad thing is you can't wait in our sport, right? Like every other day, you're running on it, yeah. trying to get it to feel. They're like, like the best thing you could do is to be where play where it's comfortable. That's right. all you can do. Um, you know, I had to go through like people, like people don't understand like these injuries. Like if you tweet out, oh, I just had a turf toe injury, people can be like, you hurt your toe and you're missing this many weeks, right? But <laughs> if you know, like,
0: <laughs> bro, I've been that guy though. I'm like, yo. I got you on the fantasy line of how you go sit out with a turf toe.
1: <laughs> but if you, when you understand the injury, like the ligaments and, you know, without pretty much without the big toe, you can't really do much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, from different, from having to wear different cleats to just to be comfortable in a cleat, um, you know, heavy cleats, um, you know, going through that whole entire COVID year, uh, the first year, to you know, I, all that was just like, man, what is this? And then even just, you know, we didn't run the ball a ton <laughs> in my time there.
0: Pass heavy.
1: Yeah, it was a very pass heavy team. And, well, and you know, then he
0: ran the ball half the time too. Like half the run designs like inside the 10 were talent.
1: Exactly. And, the te- you know, the team is built around Josh and Josh is – Obviously, a magnificent player, you know, top three quarterback in the league right now. Um, And, you know, he does so much and he can do so much, um, which I felt probably hindered the running back room a bit. Right. And, you know, obviously, we're all capable of doing that job and doing that role when given opportunity. I just felt there wasn't always a ton of opportunities um, for that room. Um, When you're playing on an offense like that, which is ran by the quarterback and that's the way they wanted it. Um, And now you see, I don't know, you know, if you go on Twitter and you see things pop up about Buffalo or whatever, now they're looking for a back, right? Gosh, dude, that
0: like drove me nuts. I saw like,
1: Yeah, now they're looking for a back who can help josh out and you know and this is obviously like i said this is no hate no bash no No nothing towards anyone but you know when you have the room when you have guys that are capable of doing it right you know in that offense it doesn't matter what running back you bring in not one of those guys on the way the offense is currently built and the and the model that they believe in will be able to come in and just rush for strictly a thousand yards. Right. Or be able to get 20 carries a game, 15, 20 carries a game, you know, consistently, like that's just not something that was happening. Right. Like the most carries I ever got in my career in Buffalo was 13.
0: I was going to say that's like a 10 to 14, not just carry like touches. I feel like 10 to 14 touches a game is the run, a typical running back over there in Buffalo.
1: It's it's you're lucky if you get that. <laughs> like you're lucky if you get that. And you know, my first year I kind of started seeing it happen and I was like, okay, you know, being a rookie, kinda just wanting to stay in my lane, understand, you know, what's going on and things like that. And I was fine with it to some degree as a rookie. Um and then the next year, you know, you can see the drastic change in the philosophy of what the offense wanted to do and how they wanted to go forward with everything and it was just i was like okay this is different this is weird we're not getting opportunities we want obviously coming off of injury as well which i also didn't feel was was dealt correctly in the sense of like understanding hey this is an ankle injury I didn't break a bone, I tore a ligament in my ankle, which is 10 times worse. Wait, it's harder to come back, you know, and this ankle never felt 100% throughout that year. Like I got cleared two days before training camp started, right, and then I'm thrusted right into to camp. I didn't have any flexion, I didn't have any power. I just had a, this, this pretty much, as long as I can show up and run, it was fine but it was times where my leg would literally give out and practice like i couldn't cut i couldn't do this i couldn't do that and it wasn't a you know how can we get this better how can you know you know it was more so it was just like how can we manage this you know how can we get it to where you can do what is needed of you into some capacity right and you know i think that's part of you know that falls into the part of When you're on a good team and you have Super Bowl uh, abilities on this team, you know, and I always say, I'm like, man, if I played on a bad team, they probably would have taken care of this uh, so many different ways. Right. But, you know. I get traded after, you know, we asked for a trade for a few weeks and, you know, they kept telling me we're not going to trade you, we're not going to trade you. We, we love you, we like you, yada, 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 um, which is all believable because, you know, obviously Coach McDermott and Brandon being all great dudes, um, you know, I hold them in high regards and things of that nature, uh, with people I've met in the league so far. Um, and, you know, they were the two that drafted me. And I always tell people to understand who drafted you because that matters, right? Mm-hmm. Are you you know, the head coach's pick. Are you the owner's pick? Right. Zeke was the owner's pick. That's yeah. why they overpaid him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He Zeke, Exactly. Zeke was, uh, Jerry Jones's guy. Yeah. Right. He loved him. I was the head coach and GM's pick because of my play style. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more old school, downhill, powerful, um, wear you out kind of game and that's what they loved you know and you have to understand the history of who these people are you know history tells you so much and you learn so much about people from their history Mm -hmm. right and if you understand i always say if you understand someone's history it's going to be a lot harder for you to judge them right you shouldn't judge people already as it is but you know we all have lots of moments where we're like ah man you know you get that judgy feel so if you understand that person's history, you understand where they come from and things of that nature. But I say that because my play style probably remind them of, you know, when he used to coach in Philadelphia back in the early 2000s. Right. And the game was so different. So right. Physical. It was a running back dominated league. Yeah. Right. If you look at it, like it was so different, guys wasn't throwing the ball 40, 50 times a night. on a yeah. consistent basis. So, you know, they they had that and he was in Carolina um, when they went to the Super Bowl versus the Broncos and you had a Cam Newton, you had D'Angelo with all these different backs in Carolina who had, it was really MVP caliber quarterback, great defense, great run game, right? With different type of style backs in Carolina, which got them to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm sure that's what they wanted to recreate in Buffalo, um, but the offense that we were around and the way the game was shifting to the past super pass heavy kind of game, you know, we didn't, we didn't really stick with that. And, you know, I understood, my agent understood that, you know, being in our third year, you know, when he drafted another guy, when they drafted James Cook, um, um, that I knew personally, you know, from time back in Miami and stuff like that, um, you, you kind of see the writing on the wall. It's like okay, it's a, it's gonna be real competitive between this guy, this guy, and this guy, right? Every year that we went into training camp, honestly, the number one running back spot was open, right? Yeah, Obviously, always. it was always open. It was that's kind of like almost everyone's job, unless you're the quarterback or you're the eighty, hundred million dollar receiver, right? Um, but you know, and you know, I was still able to you know went through that camp. Came out of it as as a RB2 displayed. that was super healthy, way more explosive. You know, the whole nine, like, my mindset was totally different. Um, Just because, you know, I knew what I can do. I know what I can do. Um, And, you know, the league is about opportunity, man. It's not about this guy sucks or this guy can't do this. It's about opportunity. If you give a guy 60 snaps, who was only getting 10 snaps before i guarantee his number goes up <laughs> yes, exactly. it's 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 just too at this level everyone's good everyone was the you know best high school player in their county in their state you know or whatever you know everyone was a a buck finalist or something in college all-american this all American. so no one sucks yeah right it's all about the opportunity and you know fast forward to my time in indy it was about the opportunity right it was in buffalo i was able to do what i was able to do off of the opportunity i was given right Mm -hmm. then i get to indy and it's a whirlwind it's 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 it's, they just fired the offensive coordinator the day before i get traded there which i didn't even know Mm -hmm. um you know, I wasn't keeping up with Indy because I was told I wasn't. I wasn't keeping up with any team because you know I had just did an interview with someone uh, that same that same day. Honestly, earlier in that day, around like noonish, and he was like, he was talking about the the trade deadline, and he was like, "You're not worried about any of that stuff. You, you're you're going to be in Buffalo." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not worried about it." Like just because I just literally had this talk with my head coach. Uh, around 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock that morning when I was working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had a one-on-one about, you know, hey, we're not going to trade you, but um, we want you to...
0: Same you day? Know. So 10 a.m., you're not getting traded? And then that afternoon, you're traded?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm on the Peloton. I'm riding the Peloton early in the morning. Uh, yeah, tell me Shepter
0: didn't tweet you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, man, I'm... I'm literally riding the Peloton in the morning and coach comes up there and he's like, you know, he's talking to me. He's like, hey, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to do this, yada, yada, yada. But you know, when your time comes, we want you to be ready and all of these different things. And this is, I'm literally coming off of a week where we just played, I want to say Green Bay and I didn't play a snap. I didn't play not one play in that game. And it wasn't, okay. Why am I not playing? It wasn't no reason for me to not be playing, right? I'm practicing all week, you know, I'm doing everything in practice and then get, get to the game and no one has an answer, right? So, like, not gonna trade you, not gonna trade you. So I go home. I'm like, okay, I guess, like, whatever. Like, and I'm talking to the dude and, like, he's like, you're not gonna get traded because, you know, just get called in. Um, to let me know I'm getting traded and you know this is probably an hour 30 minutes before the deadline hits um to where you can't be traded anymore so I come in and I'm sitting there and you know I'm kind of kind of sad but also excited because you you know you don't know what the future holds so I almost was like kind of excited of where I was going to go. I didn't have any idea where I was going to go, um, where I was being traded to, all that type of things, And, you know, the whole time my coach was talking, pretty much, you know, I'm kind of sitting there, kind of like sinking it all in, of uh, from being from a few hours removed from not trading you on the Peloton to here now at 3.30 almost, that, hey, we're going to trade you. Um, And, you know, he's telling me about, you know, how hard I worked, all these different things, yada, yada, yada. And he tells me, and I ask him, okay, where am I getting traded to? Because that's the only thing that really matters right now. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Like. We
0: can't change nothing about it. Where am I going? Yeah, like,
1: appreciate it, yada, yada, all that type of stuff. I'm like, where are we going? And he tells me, and he's like, Indy. And automatically something, like, sparked in me. I remember sitting there on the couch and I just had, like, a little spark of, like, a kick of, like, yes, right? Because, you know, I had prayed, you know, for some type of sign of, you know, the storm that I was going through my time in Buffalo, right? You know, I lost two people uh, in my life in my time in Buffalo that kind of affected me as well. I went through this injury, um, you know, all these different things, that was going on and then also trying to play the game at this level um and 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 understand this level and you know when he said indy something sparked in me i was like yes like yes like you know i already asked to go somewhere i prayed to go somewhere where we ran the ball bro like the most run friendly
0: offense in football
1: like i go i'm like Yes, because I'm like, pray for this over and over and over. Go somewhere where it runs, they, when they run the ball, and an indoor facility. Those were the two main <laughs> things. Run, <laughs> indoor. Run, yeah. indoor. And, Man. you know, prayer got answered, and it was both. And even the top put, you know, put even more on it. You know, this was a team. Indy was a team going back to the process, the draft process. um, where I thought I was going to go, right? You know, I had talked to them extensively. Um, I remember meeting with them, you know, and everything like that. And I was like, I remember saying to myself, like, man, any could be a spot where I could go. Um, obviously, they took JT at uh, in round two. And, you know, I got on the phone with, uh, with GM Chris Ballard. And, you know, I'm just super, super excited to get there. Because I'm like, man, they run the ball. I get to play with a guy like JT, um, you know, all these different things. And I see the way they was using him. And I'm like, okay, I know I can do this at a high level. I know all these different things. And I was just so excited to get there. But on the back end, I hang the phone up, you know, and, you know, when you get traded, I got traded on a Tuesday. I had to fly out on Wednesday morning. So there's no all right, pack love. make sure you're ready to go yeah. you No, know, it's right. And thankfully, you know, I had Jess, um, you know, my wife and she was able to just do and handle all that type of stuff and allow me to still focus on, you know, ball um, because I, like, I don't know how guys do it be when they get traded and they're single or <laughs> and they don't have a significant other because all that stuff, I'm like, you got to do this, you got to change this, you got to change that, you got and even to this day, right? I still don't do any of that stuff. She handles all that. Um, but you know, I get off the phone, and then I try to, you know, start like kind of looking up what's going on or understanding a little bit about Indy or whatever. Um, and then I see they fired the, the OC the day before on a Monday, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then you know, Frank Wright, the head coach at the time, he used to play quarterback in Buffalo back in Buffalo's glory days back in the nineties right behind Jim Kelly. So he had ties, we had ties there. So I was like, okay, this could be could be good. This could be solid. I get I get there, you know, and I get there on Wednesday, you know, go to hospital, do the whole check in, all that type of stuff. And then um I go to practice. They're playing, they're getting ready to play, uh the Patriots that week. Um, you know, big game, all that type of stuff, ASU game. So it's a rivalry. Obviously, everyone knows Colts, Patriots, from back in the day, Brady and and Manny. And they're getting ready to go play those guys. And, you know, they tell me I'm not going to play that week just so I can get up to speed with stuff, kind of just get, um, you know, used to where I'm at, learn people and all the different things. But that's like mm-hmm. – it's, it's a totally different thing. You have to, you know – you drop this relationship, you pick up this relationship and you have to learn people, um, you know, talk to more people, get accustomed to this, learn where you're living at, all these different things. I was in a hotel for like a week and a half, almost two weeks, um, oh, while playing games. Like, I'm playing games, I'm going to practice, I'm just going back to the hotel. Like, you know what I mean? So it was like, all that was just, it feels so long ago now, but it was so crazy at the time. And then they fired Frank Right. The, the the first week I'm there, yeah, And I'm like, did I did I get traded like <laughs> yeah. right? I'm like, oh man! And once they fired him, you know, I had in, I had never been on a team where the coach got fired. Like literally, you know, you can't get fired technically, but like, coach didn't even walk away. And literally, I, yeah, no one got fired or walked away college, Coach Whit was been at the U now for twenty some years. You know, <laughs> yeah. every coach I have been around had been a model of consistency and, you know, was gonna be there. Right? Yeah. Even in Buffalo, he was gonna be there. And then my first week in, in Indy, I go from being at the top, you know, winning, being in the playoffs, being, you know, all these different things. to the total bottom overnight of like just seeing the NFL in two different lights and you know now we're in a rebuild kind of a mode to some degree but you know they didn't they hired Jeff Saturday which got so much pushback from media from players around like the whole night, and like no one understood what was happening right no one understood like anything that was going on everyone just like was just like kind of in a blank stare. You know, he was just like, not just looking a blank stare. That's yeah. like a lot of us like when they told us they was hiring Saturday to be the intern. And you know, and it was nothing towards him personally, right? It was more so of a thing I think that, you know, I didn't really feel any way towards. It. I always say that coaches coaches are very important, obviously. Um, but they don't dictate the way I'm going to play the game, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to study. If my coach is really good or has no experience, doesn't dictate on how I'm going to prepare for that week, right, have right. a game. Um, but, you know, they bring him in and, you know, super, super, super personal to do. Everybody that asked me about the experience with Jeff, I'm like, bro, he may have not have known – how to be that head coach in that position. And really, he didn't try to be a head coach. He just tried to be a glue, right? Yeah. To keep everything together, be a bridge, um, and try to be able to, you know, he kept repeating all the time that he wanted to be able to be a service to the coaches on the staff, you know, because he, he respected what they do. Like, at a very high level, he respected it. He never tried to step on anyone or show Big Dog or any of that type of stuff. Like, not at all. He was very, very personable. He's one of the, like, probably one of my favorite coaches (laughs) that I ever was around. Because, like, you can just come up and talk to him. You can just have a conversation with him. You can eat with him. You can, like, just be you around him. And he got it. He understood it. And he understood us as players and what we go through on a daily basis, because he did it. And he did it at a mm-hmm. very high level. Right? Mm-hmm. And to have someone like that uh come in, you know, I think it showed through him, through us, because every time we stepped on the field, you know, when Frank got fired, you know, a lot of the coaches, a lot of players took that hard because that was a great he was a great man. Like really, really great, great man. And when he got fired a lot of people took it hard, and then when when Jeff came in, everyone could have easily been like, all right, well, we're just gonna lose games and we're just gonna tank. we're just not gonna go hard like practice is gonna be whatever like you know it could have just been a real real like shit show technically mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know we he, he, we practiced hard his first game ever he won in Vegas. bro
0: that was so dope though. I love that. I made me so happy for him, man. In the most dramatic fashion, right? Like, it's a game. Seriously.
1: Versus Vegas. I'm like, man, if anyone... Bro, it's
0: such a close game. Everyone's like, bro, just lose. Like, go get the draft pick. Lose. Like, you got nothing to show here. Exactly. He's like, nah, man. Like, we got pride, bro. Yeah, like and, got- and
1: it shows every week, man. Like, I think, you know, if you look at all those games and you really look at them and you don't just Google and be like, Colts versus cowboys and you see the final score you're like oh they got blown out if you really look at these games and you look at it and you don't look at the scoreboard you know after the vegas game was the only game we won with him um i think i don't know how many games we played after that maybe five weeks or so after yeah. that we didn't win a game after that you know we we lost to the cowboys um we lost to the vikings um you know we lost to some Pretty good teams playoffs. They're like
0: playoff caliber teams. Yeah, playoff
1: caliber teams. But we gave each and every one of those teams a hard fight. Cowboys, we we go into the fourth quarter tied up twenty to twenty, right?
0: (laughs) Dude, no one saw that coming though. That was such a fluke of a. That's like Madden type fourth quarter, bro. Like,
1: (laughs) and I, you know, I thought, I thought that fourth quarter, you know, I was like, okay, that was crazy. I'm like, okay, I've seen everything in the league almost to some degree, right? First time I ever seen a Hail Mary game winner was yeah. in Buffalo with D-Hop catching it on us. And oh, that's right. Yeah. That was a big Cardinals fan. That, that was a big moment yeah. for me. so I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I see, you know, I see the comeback with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys blow us out in the fourth quarter, mostly because of our turnovers. Nothing really yeah, yeah, that's all it was. And then... We play the Vikings, and we're up like 20-some points on the Vikings, and then they come back and win, and it's the biggest – I think we're up 27, and it's the biggest comeback in NFL history. And I'm just like (laughs) – But, you know, through all that, you can see the fight and the talent that we have on this team. We're up 27 on a team that was – only lost maybe three games all year or something like that. We're not yeah. going into the fourth quarter with a team that's an NFC Super Bowl contender favorites, right? Right. We're not playing any just old teams, right? We're playing some good teams. You know, we lost to the Steelers. We lost to Houston on a on a last second kind of thing yeah. as well. Um, but just all those things, man, it's just like, you know, we have a really good team and I'm super excited for what – you know, year four is gonna look like, what this team is gonna look like, getting a new head coach, getting a new pretty much almost a whole new opposite side of the ball, um, just yeah. agree with a lot of guys that was on the staff last year coming back, but just now getting the opportunity to, you know, build more relationships with these guys, um, uh be in the city more, do more things in the city of Indy, um, and things like that that we didn't get opportunity to do, obviously, like you mentioned, like from training camp and all these different things. So now I'm into a oh full gosh. year in Indy. Um super excited to see what that entails, with that holds, and you know, hopefully it comes with a lot of wins. Um for us.
0: I think so though, man. I think that's that's been a big missing piece as been a quarterback, honestly. Like no disrespect again to the guys who have been there, but it's like, bro, it's been so close and they just not having the right piece at the helm, right? And so like to go get hopefully the right guy this offseason, the new coaching staff, an entire offseason together. JT's healthy. You're healthy. Pitt's an animal. Like, bro, that's going to be a scary offense, in my opinion. Fantastic O line. Q is a dog. It's like, bro, it, that's going to be a fun, fun team to watch yeah. this year, especially from like, you talk about like most improved, right? Like, you're going to go get what was it, the fourth pick? Yeah. And then immediately compete in, in the division yeah immediately
1: yeah yeah we have a, we definitely have the opportunity to go in there and compete right away um you know and hopefully whoever we get you know can have the success and you know all those type of things that come with it and stuff like that but that you know, we definitely got a really good team and we're just missing that 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 quarterback position to really help us Get back to where coach football has been, to so where many people have remembered coach. Like the last time, I think they didn't. They were in the, they were in the playoffs in 2020 because they played us in Buffalo when um, they had Phillip Rivers. But that was the last time they were in this, in the playoffs. Um, and a lot of those guys are still on that team. This is still a very very good team. um But after the Andrew Luck retirement, you know, it's been.
0: Imagine the wheels fell off, let's be honest. Yeah, like, that's it's been, needed. They needed it's just a good leader that can move the ball.
1: Imagine uh, Andrew Luck, right? In Now, I'm talking before I got to Indy, right? Just imagine uh, Andrew Luck in 2020 or whatever, with and they draft JT still.
0: Bro, God
1: <laughs> Right? You think about they have now, and obviously you don't get these pieces without him retiring, but it's just so fun to try to imagine – because Andrew was was so good. Um, I know that's so sad, man. Generational, dude. Yeah, and you know, and then after that, it was just quarter- they had they've had like five, six different quarterbacks, bro, every year. There's never been one dude, and I'm like, people always ask me like, are they gonna do this? Are they gonna get Lamar Jackson? Are they gonna do this? I'm like, I think they're gonna draft the guy one who's cheap. <laughs> yes, uh, cheap. The league does everything to get cheap uh, players. They don't like to pay you a ton of money. Um. So one, he's cheap. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Two, you know, they want to get someone who they can help build for the next four to five years,
0: right? Yeah, they can mold him into their system rather than bringing in like a Lamar who's going to demand a playbook that suits his style.
1: Exactly. You get to mold this guy. Um, and then with Coach Steichen coming in from Philly, you know, you know his first, his first stint, he was with the Chargers where he had Justin Herbert his rookie year and then the last two seasons he's had Jalen Hurts and we've seen the leap that Jalen's had right the last two years and things like that after taking over fully so and you have so many players in this draft that are that play style is so similar to that but hey we could run some of that similar offense um that they ran um and now that I think about it we actually played the Eagles this past season in Indy
0: and we came up short in that game as well but
1: closer than people remember
0: mm-hmm. so Dang. yeah bro this, this is gonna be a really fun season man um, we're super excited to be watching you I've always been um, it's cool we've become friends with the last year because I've always I've always kind of followed you I've always you know been a fan of the way that you carry yourself uh, I know you're a, a good family man you're, you know you got a beautiful wife I know you're a man of God I'd see you're always posting about you know Christ and your Savior and stuff and so and then I love your your, ad, your uh the way you run the ball too. How you said it's just like punch you in the mouth football, right? Just kind of like the old school way that I grew up watching. So um, super happy to have you on here, man. Um, the last thing I'd like to for you to do is just leave a little tidbit of advice for anybody listening. We got you know agents, professional athletes, high school, junior high kids listening, uh, and entrepreneurs that want to get into this space. What's one last thing that you could leave for us? A uh, last piece of advice before we let you go.
1: I think the biggest advice, um, no matter the field, is how you treat people, right? Just kind of touching back on the character thing. Um, I, talk, I talk about this. I spoke about this a couple of days ago. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing because people remember, right? You can remember, you'll, you'll, you can make a lot of money. You can have, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of this and that, things like that. But people remember mostly on how you, how you treated them right? And that's the the most important thing is to, you know, doesn't matter where you go, who you are, your status, you know, always treat people how people should be treated and the way you like to be treated, right? That's like the one thing I remember growing up is treat people the way you like to be treated. If you don't like to be treated a certain way, don't treat people that way, right? So, you know, that's kind of my thing is I always try to be as nice and try to make sure I give off, you know, the right type of body language, the right type of uh, tone in my voice if I'm speaking to someone I've never met before, right? And it could be someone who can add value to my life. It can be someone who can add value to my life, right? It doesn't really matter. You know, I need to be able to treat people all on the same, uh, same level, same playing field. Um, if I can go treat this millionaire dude this way, I need to be able to treat this person who works at this place the same exact way because you never know the type of impact that you can have on people. You never know what people are going through um, in that day, in that week, in that month, or what they've already been through. Um, So that's the biggest thing is make sure you treat people the way that you like to be treated. Um, And now that I'm having a kid, (laughs) I treat people the way I want them to treat my kid.
0: (laughs) Oh, there it is. I love that. That part, man. That's, That's beautiful. I love it same bro we just had our kid and it's the same thing i'm like man i i would do anything to keep that kid protected so i love it well zach thanks so much bro this, this was an amazing interview it's been fun chopping it up um and, and we we really look forward to watching this season and uh thank everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode thank you yes sir